uh, halfway through the work week, Wednesday morning. Regular school day for Regina and uh, Moose Jaw students. Tomorrow, though, the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation will withdraw to our supervision. And that'll mix up the day for a lot. Some schools will actually just dismiss right at noon. Others, like the Prairie Valley school system, will be open with a normal start and end time. Classes will run normally. Morning and afternoon bus transportation will operate normally. But there will be no supervision by teachers over the noon hour. So they're going to rely on uh, uh, those who are uh, educational assistants, administrative assistants, trying to do their best to accommodate and work through the day. But every school seems to be a little different. So it's... It's important to keep your ear uh, to your kids, what they're uh, bringing home as far as information goes. Check Edsby as well. A lot of schools update on the account there of your kids. And, of course, we'll pass on details. But, yeah, regular school day within uh, Regina and Moose Jaw today. Saskatoon, where the rotating strikes are uh, mostly in effect for today. And what might be next, who knows? But uh, the moment we find out, we'll pass it on to you. It's going to continue to be melty and mucky today as we near the freezing mark once again. And we've lost some snow. Going to gain a little bit back here by the looks of it in the next uh, 24 hours. But this uh, recent uh, weather certainly hasn't been great for outdoor rinks. The cross-country ski trails, creeks and lakes around the city have turned a little sketchy, too. Super scary situation in Warman, which I know is outside of Saskatoon a ways away, but still, a teenage girl there fell through the ice on a pond. So, thankfully, she's okay. However, uh, yeah, who would have thought that uh, this point in February we'd be worried about thin ice conditions in some areas? But you got to be mindful. And, and we're not... We're not skating on our streets here in Regina like some of the videos posted on social media in Saskatoon where there it's so icy on streets, so thick with ice a lot of the neighborhood streets that uh, people are shooting videos of themselves or others ice skating on the streets. Thankfully, that's not our situation here in Regina at the moment. But uh, yeah, some fresh white stuff is is on the way. So let me check in with my Oilers. Yeah, the Oilers' streak has stalled at 16 wins in a row. The defending Stanley Cup champions stopped them from tying Pittsburgh's 17-game record. The Oilers opened up the scoring with a shorty. Oh, yeah, McDavid assisted by Drysdale. Then the Knights would tie late in the first. It was 1-1. We move into the second. The Oil, they couldn't get over the hill. Aiden Hill in net for the Knights. It was amazing last night. The Oilers outshot the uh, Knights 18-6 to in the second period. So, yeah, Aiden Hill was the story there. Then in the third, the Knights, they go up 2-1. And again, the Vegas goaltender was outstanding through the third period. Knights with an empty netter from the former Regina Pat Chandler-Stevenson in the end to make it a 3-1 final. Connor McDavid after the game. I liked a lot of parts of our game. I thought it was a very similar game to we've played throughout the entire streak. We just don't find a way to get a win. You know, their goalie played well and, and, and made some big saves. And it's always a tough game in this building. We were expecting that. and Disappointing, but uh, we move on. Certainly had a playoff atmosphere. What a game. The Oilers' streak officially snapped at 16, one shy of tying the record. 
And before this win streak uh, began, the Oilers were sixth in the Pacific, 13 back of L.A. for third. But with that streak, they sit now in third in the division with a lot of games in hand and on a lot of the teams they are chasing. So, uh, hey, just start a new streak, I say. Just move on. Start start a new streak. Man, that is a pretty big shakeup in the Sask party, huh? Four well-known MLAs will not be on the ballot for the next provincial election. Donna Harpower, Dustin Duncan, Don McMorris, Gord Wyatt, all announcing they're not running in 2024. The Premier said uh, those four have over 80 years of political experience combined, and uh, that's now, what, 10? Yeah, 10 Saskatchewan Party MLAs who have announced they will not seek re-election. How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way, you still think I'm crazy. Yeah, yesterday we told you about the passing of country superstar Toby Keith, who died of cancer at the age of 62. And uh, about a month ago, he gave an interview about being at peace with his diagnosis of stomach cancer and uh, where it was leading. Oh, yeah. I finally got to a point in the spring. I was diagnosed in October of 21. And I was going through all the chemo and the first time I'd been through chemo and radiation surgery. And I just got to a point where I was comfortable with whatever happened. I had my brain wrapped around it, and I was in a good spot either way. So people without faith don't have that. Man, many of you uh, were commenting either on text and social media yesterday, just an outpouring of thoughts and grief from other uh, superstars of country music in the pop world, too, about how great of a guy Toby Keith was and how much uh, they'll miss him. Regina's very own Troy Volhoffer, who is, of course, CEO of Country Thunder, Craven, and and now lives in Nashville. He shared with us just how, uh, before his cancer diagnosis, Keith uh, had quite the dream. He's one of the greatest entertainers out there. and You know, the guy played shows and shows and shows and was an amazing guy. I was at his house in Mexico in Cabo about a year, two years ago prior to the cancer diagnosis. He was telling me they wanted to do, how do we do 365 shows in 365 days? And I'm like, you're kidding me. We are, you know, we were kind of hanging out and have a few beers and I'm like, that, that's impossible. And he's like, no, here's how we're going to do it. He had it all planned out and all sketched out and it was pretty neat. And I think if his health would have, uh, have stayed in check, I think you would have been able to make that goal. Troy Volhoffer there, who also recalls after Toby's main stage appearance at Craven, he wanted to keep going. He was quite a character. I mean, you know, he, after he'd play a gig, he, he always wanted to play the beer garden. After he was done the main stage, he always wanted to play the beer garden, which he actually did uh, once, and then came backstage uh, and bartended for uh, all of our staff till, till like, 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> on our closing night. Yeah, he was a character. He was a great guy. Like, we were doing the show in Wisconsin. My daughter is an aspiring musician. She was playing uh, the circus tent. As soon as the set was over, he was like, Let's go see your daughter. And he was there right till the end of her set. I was like, he was that supportive of a guy. He was a great guy. Great guy himself, Troy Volhoffer from Regina. Originally now lives in Nashville. He is friends with many of the superstars of country music, including Toby Keith, as you heard there. And uh, that's the reason we get so many great acts at Craven and Country Thunder. Now, staying with Toby Keith for a moment, you may not have known that we may have never gotten a Taylor Swift if not for him. When Taylor Swift was just starting out in 2005, she went to Nashville writing her own songs, hoping someone would hear them and like them, and Toby Keith did. 
So much so he signed her to his own record label at the time. And here's a young Taylor Swift describing the moment back in the beginning of her career. You're in the room with him and you can feel it. There's a power there and you're just like, oh my God. So I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I won't see him and be like, oh my God, that's Toby Keith. Years later, Toby would say this of Taylor. I mean, Taylor Swift's probably the best female songwriter that's come along in the last 20 years. Just a day before his death on Monday night, Toby Keith had posted on his Instagram a video of him from a, a December show with the caption, and that's a wrap on the weekend, y'all. Back to it. And the country music world will never be the same as Toby Keith has been lost now from stomach cancer at the age of 62. But still, I know, I know we, we brought this to you yesterday, but the attention that that story got continually through the day and even this morning, uh, it just shows how uh, how popular he really was. If you're a fan of Burton Cummings as I am, you'll be happy to know he's got some new music uh, forthcoming. Yeah, he's been busy uh, sharing on his Facebook page that uh, he's been in the studio. No, not in Moose Jaw where he lives. He has been traveling from different studios and uh, laying down new tracks and uh, no specific date yet. But hey, Burton Cummings will have a new album out sometime this year. This year marks the 50th anniversary, today in fact, of Mel Brooks' legendary controversial comedy, Blazing Saddles. You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are people of the land, the common clay of the New West. You know, morons. (laughs) (laughs) You probably could make a movie like Blazing Saddles today. I know, uh, though, if you have young men in your home, I'm sure at least the the fart scene would still be funny to them. How about some more beans, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. Blazing Saddles, 50 years old today. And uh, I don't think you'll be shocked by this. Well, you shouldn't be. I've never seen Blazing Saddles in its entirety. Honestly, I know it's a big deal. In its day, but I've never seen the entire movie. And quite frankly, I've never wanted to sit down and watch it now. But I do respect Mel Brooks, its creator, and realize it's a movie many of you probably loved in its day. But yes, Terry Light from the CJME Morning Show Facebook page said, I don't think this movie could ever be remade, nor should they. Some things are better just left alone. Although he says it would be entertaining to watch people's heads explode when they see it for the first time. Uh, Walter Williams said something similar. No way this movie would happen today. Not today. Great movie, though. Blazing Saddles, the 50th anniversary today. Today is a regular school day for uh, students of Regina and Moose Jaw. It's Saskatoon, where the rotating strikes are taking effect here. And then, of course, tomorrow, uh, the noon hour dismissal in some schools... It really seems to be a little different. That's why you really got to pay attention through Edspe or a student's account or check the backpack so often. I'm told by my kid days later, well, it was in my backpack. I just forgot to give you the letter. As uh, students are 
are being told from their own uh, schools what's going on. I know Prairie Valley, I mentioned this earlier, they're going to have a normal uh, start and end time tomorrow, and they're counting on administrative assist- assistance at some of the Prairie Valley schools uh, to handle the noon hour, but encouraging students to go home for lunch. I said yesterday, too, growing up, I, 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 was, I was a Rosemont kid, right? Lived a block and a half away. We'd wail across that schoolyard to get home in time for the Flintstones, grilled cheese sandwich, every day. Leave behind a, a a pot that was burnt at the bottom from the tomato soup that I wasn't paying attention to. But I do understand it is a juggling act for some parents uh, that are concerned about uh, where this leaves them. But uh, that's the situation we're in right now. That's Tate McRae. Greedy is the single and uh, nominated for single of the year. The Juno nominations announced yesterday. Brett Kissel, friend of the show, uh, who will be here in Regina on Friday night, nominated for Country Album of the Year. Is it Friday at the Conixus? I better double check that. But uh, yeah, Kissel's coming back. And Shania Twain even got a couple of nominations for Pop Album of the Year and Artist of the Year. The Junos. Man. It is... uh, One of those award shows that comes and goes. We as Canadians like to be proud of the artists that we send out and are hugely popular stateside, yet the Junos just don't seem to get enough love. Seems so lame for many, the Junos. Yet at the same time, man, when you look at the top, uh, the pop charts, nationally, there's a ton of Canadians that are making all the the big bucks with all the big music. So we should be a little prouder. So hopefully the Juno nominations will uh, shine a little more light at some artists that uh, nationally are known even <laughs> bigger than they are in their own backyard. Pretty big shakeup uh, in the SAS party. Four well-known MLAs won't be on the ballot for the next provincial election. Kevin Martell will have more on this. But yeah, Donna Harpower, Dustin Duncan, Don McMorris, Gord Wyant all announcing they won't be running again. What's going on? That makes 10 SAS party MLAs who have announced they will not seek re-election since May. Your thoughts? 1-877-300-7275. How about this, Ryder Nation? It's getting more and more hyped over at the Ryder office because of uh, free agency signings. Uh, Now, officially... Free agency doesn't start till next week, but uh, teams can negotiate this week, and often the deals are put together this week. The Riders, with another big piece to their offense, reportedly agreeing to terms with running back A.J. Ouellette. Ouellette is a two-time East Division All-Star. He had more than 1,000 yards in the ground last season with the Argonauts, so we can thank our new coach, because this move would reunite them. Awesome. Also of note, uh, Jameer Thurman is expected to be in the green and white next season, too. The middle linebacker played five CFL seasons, spending last year with the Ticats. Stacking the team. It's looking better all the time. And let the Super Bowl hype begin, too. The average price, by the way, for the very first ever Super Bowl, tickets were selling for like $6, and the game was not even a sellout. In Vegas, flash forward, the average price for this year's game, pretty close to $10,000. That's 70% more expensive than last year's Super Bowl. 
Now, yesterday, the NFL sold about 30,000 tickets to the opening night at Allegiant Stadium. It's basically a two-hour media availability with both clubs. They sold tickets. The concessions were open. They sold merchandise. 30,000 fans just listening to players being interviewed. But this is my my favorite. 11-year-old young man from Las Vegas by the name of Jeremiah Fennell, who the NFL asked if he would be one of their main hosts and talk to the players. Well, I started to do this at the age of seven years old because I wasn't able to play sports due to some medical issues, but I still like the sports environment, so I decided to hone my craft in journalism at the age of seven, and I started my YouTube channel. And yes, I do think that I can um, keep this as a career because I do still love the sport, and I do know a lot about it, so I think that interviewing people could be a long, a long career for me. So that's Jeremiah introducing himself to everyone. Listen how composed he is with the 49ers, Travis Kelsey. 11-year-old local journalist here in Los Vegas, Nevada, okay. and I'm here with NFL Network. It's such an honor, such a pleasure to be speaking with you. It's a pleasure to meet you. Okay. Very well spoken, man. Thank you. So my first question to you is, oh, every season, social media has been buzzing about your touchdown celebrations, whether okay. it's the stanky leg in the Super Bowl, <laughs> the heart in the air in the AFC Championship, or a choreographed dance in the end zone. So can we expect any surprise celebrations in your first touchdown in the Super Bowl? And if so, will they be solo or as a team? i got to start thinking about it. I haven't thought about it quite yet. Who knows? Maybe during the uh, red zone period in practice, I'll, I'll I'll test out a few. You got any good ones for me? You got any requests? <laughs> Honestly, no. Come on. What would you do if you got in the end zone? I mean, as a football, I, I really just do a spike. I don't really try to do any okay. crazy celebrations. Spike is electric. I'm with that. <laughs> I love this kid. He's only 11 years old, and... He sounds like such a highly trained professional. Jeremiah Vettel from Las Vegas interacting with all those NFL superstars like he knows. Well, he does. <laughs> he knows a lot about football. It was incredible to see him with Patrick Mahomes as well. And uh, you can Google him, and he's a cute kid. I'll try and share this, too, on my CJME Morning Show Facebook page, some of his interactions with the superstars of the Super Bowl coming up this weekend where a 30-second ad Cost $7 million, and a lot of those ads are already online.